1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the podcast, we're going to be recapping this week's real house size of Beverly Hills, which felt like a murder mystery to me in the greatest of ways. I'm loving this season, and to me, this was the best episode so far this season. Although last week, you know, we didn't recap last week, but last week really did give us a lot between Crystal's leather pants and Kathy Hilton. Who is Hunky Dory?
0: Who is Hunky Dory?
1: I mean, last week really delivered. <laughs> who is Hunky Dory? Last week really delivered, and then this week it stepped it up a notch. In the words of Emerald Lagasse, it kicked it up a notch. What's going on with Emerald? Too SOS on Emerald. Remember, Emerald Lagasse was everywhere in the late nineties, early two thousands. Now where's he cooking his sauce? I feel like I haven't seen Emerald on the TV in ages. Anyway, we got to talk about the people we have seen on TV in ages, and that's The Real House of Beverly Hills. After the recap, I'm going to be talking to Bershon Shaw, the newest cast member on The Real Houses of New York. So in lieu of in lieu, L-U, of the uh, Roni recap, we're going to be talking to Brashan. I mean, there was a lot happening in this week's episode, so we got to break it down with Bershawn. Uh And then we'll be back with Roni recaps next week. You guys, uh, Real Houses Beverly Hills, are you buying Bamboozle Jane? Who here? Raise your hand. I know I can't see any of you, but I'm counting on you to raise your hands if you are our team... Erica Jane on this one, or if your team, everyone else, because I don't know. I know they're trying to make us believe. I know they're, we're seeing some tears. Although some of the times when she said she was crying, I was like looking for an actual tear. I was like, where's the water? Where's the water? Uh, and I didn't see it, but I will give her credit. There were a couple times, especially late in the episode, when she's talking to Kyle in the park and Kyle the Splits Richards is asking all these questions from the stump and bamboozled Jane was getting out a few snot rockets that I clocked. Now, uh, I'm not saying I believed all the snot rockets. I certainly didn't. And to be honest with you, I'm still team that she's guilty. All this is alleged. I don't know what's right or what's wrong, but this is my opinion. And I feel like Bamboozle Jane is bamboozling all of us even more with the tears and the. And all of the, we're feeling bad for her. And it seems like no one's really yet asking the questions. We're getting some little, the women are starting to catch on a little bit. Like they're starting to read other stories. Uh, but I'm not finding that they're really digging in enough to Erica Jane as far as what I want out of them. Now last week on the real houses of Beverly Hills, I don't know if you saw this, but Bravo released a deleted scene online. And it was a deleted scene of Mauricio and Kyle the Splits Richards talking around the barbecue, and they're talking about Tommy Two-Tones, our, our Mr. Tom Girardi. And Mauricio says, Tom is sharp as a tack. He's sharp. They keep saying how sharp he is. Now, I saw this deleted scene, and Bravo released it, led me to believe that she's guilty. You know, I keep saying they're kind of telling us without telling us that she's guilty. Do you know what I mean? And so that was another smoking gun to me where I was like, why would Bravo release this deleted scene that is all about how sharp Tom is? And then even in this week's episode, we're seeing little clips where people are talking. I think Erica at one point said, you know, how smart this season, we've heard her say how smart and how with it Tom is. But then we're also finding out on the news that, uh, that he's saying he's got to mention forgetful. Now, I'm a little bit forgetful. I don't believe that Tommy Two-Tones... Not sure I believe all that stuff about the, you know, he's uh, not well and dementia and all that stuff. I don't know if I buy it, you guys. I don't. Do you guys buy it? Because I'm not buying it. I'm not buying what they're selling. I'm looking at through the cracks and trying to figure it all out. Anyway, you guys, last week on the show, uh, again, we didn't recap, but just at the beginning of this week, we had to deal with all the Crystal versus Sutton stuff. Remember, uh, uh, Rena's husband made the bolognese. What I want to give for Mr. Harry Hamlin to make me a bowl of bolognese. I mean, is he not a gem? I love that man. And then this week we find out Rinna's daughter is dating the hottest man ever. I think his name was Isle, or uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I was busy looking at that body. Even Rinna, who's like the mother of the girl who's dating this man, was like, whoo, did you see his body? You know, like Rinna was sitting there in her confessional and she said, did you see that man's body? <laughs> Imagine if you're a girl and you're dating someone and your mom's just, like, on TV, on camera in a confessional talking about how hot your boyfriend's body is. I mean, I, I'd be so uncomfortable if Linda Pellegrino was on TV being like, whoo, do you see Matt's body? You know, my boyfriend, I'd be like, ma, stop it. But Rinna, you know, shameless Rinna, she's got the dresses in the garage, too. We gotta talk about that. Those dresses in the garage with the wire hangers. Did she not watch Mommy Dearest? You don't have wire hangers. No wire hangers! (laughs) A terrible Mommy Dearest impression. I'm sorry. But they were wire hangers in the garage with some really nice vintage clothes. And I couldn't believe she was on TV being like, look at all these expensive dresses in my garage. And then you, uh, did you see she tried to cover up and be like, we have security here? But it was kind of like loose the way she said it. She's like, I mean, don't come in the garage because we got security stuff You know, it wasn't very convincing. Because I feel like she said it, she did the scene, and then producers, when they were in the confessional, one of the Bravo people were like, are you sure you wanted to tell everyone that you have all those expensive vintage dresses just in your garage? And she's like, well, we got security stuff. You know, there's some security stuff. (laughs) No specifics, just some security stuff. TBD. TBD. Okay, so yeah, we end all that Sutton crystal business. They do make a truce, Uh, But Crystal, I mean, it's not—it's a truce, but it's not a truce, right? Because Crystal obviously hates Sutton. Sutton hates Crystal. And Sutton wants her to take back that word violate and everything. And Crystal's like, look, I used the term correctly. I'm not going to apologize for your actions. Then she says, you're an inappropriate, awkward person, period. She says, you cry because you want empathy, and you're not going to get it. You guys, I got chills. I got chills, and Crystal was like, you're not going to get the empathy. I could not believe for I loved it. I loved it. I'm loving Crystal. That's what I want from a housewife. She's not backing down. That's a good housewife right there. That's a good housewife. Um, but Garcelle, all the other women, they're trying to uh, bring the peace. At one point, Garcelle says, put your big girl panties on. I forget if she said it to Crystal or Son, Unclear. But what I do want to talk about is how Kathy followed up with the high-waisted one. That's what Kathy thinks are the big girl panties. And I just love I love Kathy Hilton, you guys. I know I say it every week. I get on this microphone. You guys are probably tired if you're in it. Every single week, I think. There's no way I'll like her better this week than I did last week. You know, how could anything top this?
0: Who is hunky-dory?
1: Who is hunky-dory? How could anything top that? And then this week, she was making wreaths with little baby dolls in it. And I thought, oh, it topped it. Every single week. Every single week. Um, anyway, so we end that Sutton crystal scene and then we cut to four days later and Kyle, Dorit and Kath got COVID. Now, Kyle, actually, you guys all season, Kyle's been winning me over more and more and more and more and more. In this episode when she got depressed because she was sick and then she felt bad about her daughter, Portia, not seeing friends through COVID and she's dealing with a lot. And I felt bad for her. She was on the zoom with Rina at one point. And she said right to Rena, she said, I'm depressed because I'm sick and I'm going through a lot and Renna just responded with, Oh you know, Renna's always given us an oh and it was just like I kind of wanted Rena to respond to something else, but I also love the fact that Renna just gives us these sound responses. You know, she's always ah like always in a scene, just sort of shouting and then Kyle's like, I'm real depressed. I got, you know, this deadly disease and Rena was just like, Oh, <laughs> I kind of loved it. kind of loved it, to be honest with you. Then, um, let's see, we're jumping around timeline-wise, because then we go to December 2nd, which is week two of quarantine. And this is when the story breaks about the sue, uh, being sued and the laws and uh, all the lawsuit stuff. And I'm on the edge of my seat, because Dorit says she's. they're talking on the Zoom about Erica Jane and the husband, and Dorita, says, some of these victims, they're orphans and widows, you know, and orphans and widows, they're orphans and widows. And that's the thing that really is uh, what my dad would say is gnawing at my craw. I don't know if anyone uses that phrase. My dad used to always say that. Nothing gnaws at my craw, meaning nothing annoys me more than. Um, so nothing gnaws at my craw uh, more than the fact that it feels to me like Erica, even throughout all of this, is not acknowledging the victims of this horrific crime. It seems like we're getting her to finally admit that this man is a bad man that she was married to. But that's a problem for me. It's like, I feel like I'm acknowledging the orphans and widows more than she is, and I'm not saying if she wasn't involved in it. Let's just, devil's advocate. Let's say Bamboozled Jane wasn't involved, didn't know none of this stuff. Let's say she just was Uh, didn't understand or didn't know any of this was happening behind her back. Let's just give her that benefit of the doubt. Pretend for a minute. Let's pretend. We kind of have to pretend big for that one. But let's pretend. Now, even if she didn't know, once she found out that he was bamboozling the orphans and widows, wouldn't she show a little bit of remorse just because of the fact that she was with this man while it was happening? Does that make sense? And so to me, it feels like, why are we never acknowledging that? And even on social media, she's tweeted out stuff and posted things where it's, like, about her. And I just want to get one sort of acknowledgement of, like, you know, whatever happened with those orphans and widows, I feel terrible. I wish she would just say, I wasn't involved in that, even if that's a lie. But I wish she would say that. I I might not have been involved in that, but I'm sorry that that happened to the orphans and widows. That's all, at, at the bare minimum, that's what I feel like we need. Anyway, uh, Erica, Kyle, Rinna, uh get on Zoom, and Erica says she's upset no one cares about the facts. And Rinna, uh, th- apparently people are claiming she's hiding her assets in a divorce. And Rinna says, how do you hide assets in a divorce? And Erica's like, I don't fucking know. And he goes, I don't know. I felt like they're just all, I, I don't. maybe I'm like a conspiracy theorist or something. Like, I don't know. I find this all like, They're all covering it up. I feel like we're in a Big Little Lies situation. Remember at the end of season one when they pushed Alexandra Skarsgård, you know, and they're all trying to cover up the crime? That's what I feel like's happening here, except for Laura Dern and Nicole Goodman are nowhere to be seen. I wonder if they watch this show. Do you think Reese Witherspoon just sits down with Shailene Woodley? Once I read that Shailene Woodley, like, I think she lives, like, very um, alternatively. Like, I, I don't know if I read that somewhere or if that's made up in my head. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I read once that Shailene Woodley like doesn't have a TV or something. Um, I don't have facts on that. I feel like I just read it on Twitter or something, so it must be true. I m- maybe saw it on Wikipedia somewhere. I'm not sure. But the point is, I read something about Shailene Woodley once, and I can't imagine she watches it. But I, I do like to picture our dear Reese uh, sitting and watching The Real Houses of Beverly Hills, maybe calling up Laura Dern, texting her, and saying, what's going on, Laura? By the way, you guys, not to take a little breather here, but I started rewatching the show Enlightened, which, if you haven't watched it, was an HBO show that aired years ago. It was just two seasons, starred Laura Dern. And it was created by this guy named Mike White, who also created the new show, The White Lotus, on HBO, which I'm loving. I got a chance to see all of the episodes, and I love it so much. But I loved it so much that I wanted to go back and rewatch Enlightened. And if you haven't watched it, it's this very like, I don't even, it's a deep sort of comedy, but it's not a super like, uh, slapsticky comedy. So don't go into it expecting that. It's a little slower paced, but it's just so beautiful and it's cringy, but like in the best ways, you have to watch it if you've never watched it. It's enlightened on HBO. I Just had to give that plug because I'm rewatching. And I'm like, man, this is fucking good. Anyway, where were we talking? How did, the fuck did we get there? <laughs> How the fuck did we get there, you guys? I don't know. I don't know. Um, what, oh, oh, we got to talk about this. Erica Jane in the confessional, the producer at the confessional, Bravo person asks about Boeing. Erica Jane says, I can't answer that. I can't answer that. And then, uh, she says she doesn't know why she would be named in the lawsuits. I don't buy it. I know I keep saying I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. But you know what was working for me it was the zoom cinematography because normally I don't want to see anyone on zoom. I'm tired. You know, we've been through this whole thing for the past two years. I don't want to look at a person on Zoom. I'm tired of it. Over it, don't show me a Zoom on any of these housewives. But yet this episode, I was seeing them on Zoom, and for some reason, I don't know if it was because the subject matter was so intense, but I was really feeling the Zoom cinematography on this episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills. It was working for me. It was working for me. Anyway, Rinna says that Erica's a good person. Erica says, I didn't do this. She's trying to cry or crying. Unclear. Then we cut to two weeks later. Uh, oh, this was a good one, you guys. So Rena and Crystal go to Erica's house. And here's the thing that also sort of pisses me off. Like, we're seeing Erica like sweeping the house and pulling something out of the dryer as if she's Cinderella and all the other girls are at the ball. You know, like, I've never seen Erica do housework in my life. And yes, her, her life has changed since Tommy Two Tones uh, stole from all those orphans and widows. But allegedly, but uh, it, it seems like they're trying to make her a little sympathetic. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're seeing her at the dryer and sweeping the house, like Cinderella. And A, it made me just want to rewatch 1997's Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. And B, I wasn't buying it. Um, but you guys, the best part about it was, so Crystal and Rinna arrive at the house, you guys. I was dying. I was dying. Because Crystal who lives with this man who uh, fucking directed The Lion King. You know, she's rich as hell. I mean, she could buy all of us, Crystal. And so she goes to Erica's house, and right when she walks in, she says, and I quote, this house gives me the chills. I love it. Okay. Okay, she's lying. Crystal is lying, but I loved every second of it because it was such a blatant, ridiculous lie. Crystal comes from this mansion that we've seen before. You know, we saw it. She's got the person that I, I the woman who cooks for her, cleans and then she's got the man husband who directed the Lion King. She's got the kids, the backyard, remember the we saw her doing kickboxing in that huge ass, big ass, gorgeous big ass backyard. And Crystal's got money. Again, she could buy all of us. And yet Crystal walks into this this house which again is a bigger house, a bigger apartment, bigger house, bigger bungalow than I would live in or than I live in here. But Crystal walks in and says she got chills. She loved the house so much, you guys. It was just like overcompensating. I'm like, Crystal, you need to tone it down, okay? I mean, I love watching it, but if I was Rena, I'd be like, Crystal, cool it. Tone it down. We know you don't have the chills walking into this house because we've seen your house. You're rich. Does she not know? She's, she knows she's rich. She knows she's rich. Um, but she didn't get the uh, the chills at all. I don't believe that she had goose pimples on her arms when walking into that a bungalow of Erica Jane's. But I will say the backyard at Erica Jane's house does have that little pool house. And there's all those pictures of Erica Jane everywhere. And then she keeps saying like, she didn't take much from the house, but I'm like, Oh, so you just bought those pictures of yourself for the wall here. I mean, like none of it adds up to me. And then we do know that she took the chairs and the couch, but she keeps saying, Oh, I didn't really take anything. And then I'm looking at the house, like where'd all this furniture come from? So you're just buying new furniture as you're going through all this stuff. Or was that was the furniture already there? I don't know. I'm just here to ask the questions. I don't have the answers. Anyway, I got the chills, you guys. I got the chills. (laughs) Meanwhile, over at Kyle's, Garcelle goes over, and we're doing like a Cyrano de Bergerac, or what? I don't know how you say that. Remember, Cyrano? I feel like. Very, very much like Garcelle says, it's like Rapunzel because Kyle's up in the rafters, you know, she's up in the balcony and Garcelle's got to talk to her from there because Kyle just had COVID. So Garcelle's on the ground and Kyle's up on the balcony. They're like, oh, it's like Rapunzel. And I'm like, it's like Cyrano de Bergerac because wasn't that about the nose and Kyle just got the new nose, right? So that seemed more on point to me. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Am I mixing up my fairy tale stories? Is that even a fairy tale story? Would you consider it that? I don't know. I'm just thinking of the Steve Martin movie. What was that one? (laughs) Was it Roxanne? Remember he played the person with the nose? Everything's sort of running together in my head, you guys. I know I'm getting some pop culture references off. I'm not sure what I'm even trying to say here. Um, You know, I get behind the microphone, and sometimes I say things that make sense. Other times I don't. So that's just what you get when you tune into Everything Iconic. It's just what you get. Anyway, Garcelle's talking to Kyle on the balcony, and then Kyle says they're all going to go to La Quinta, you guys, Lakinta Inn, I don't know if they're going to La Quinta Inn or just Lakinta, but I don't know any of you have listened to my Bachelorette recaps when they were all at Lakinta Inn. But the minute I heard Kyle said that they're going to La Quinta, you know what I thought? I thought I can't do it. I can't do it. I watched a whole season of The Bachelorette where they were at the Lakinta Inn, you guys, and I can't see anyone at Lakinta Inn. It was the worst. Everyone told me, you know, this was back in the early days of quarantine. Everyone's like, you gotta watch the Bachelor, you gotta watch Bachelor Nation, Bachelorette. So I thought, okay, Bravo. We weren't getting as many Bravo shows. I thought I'm gonna tune in the Bachelorette, and then I even thought I'm gonna recap the Bachelorette. And then it was like hundred hours a week. I had to be watching the Bachelorette, and they were all at the Quinta Inn. Nothing was going on. It was just they were all stranded at the Quinta Inn for a whole season. It was a nightmare. It wasn't by the end of that season. I thought I can never watch this show again. I felt claustrophobic at La Quinta Inn. So then when I hear Garcelle and Kyle talking about her going to La Quinta Inn, whoo, I can't do it. I can't. I can't be there. Now, in the preview for next week, it doesn't look like they're at the inn. Maybe they're just in La Quinta, but I can't be at La Quinta. I can't. I don't, I don't, I can't. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Sorry. Meanwhile, back at Erica, she says she calls a psychiatrist. Um, she says, Tom... Uh, someone's saying, Tom stole from the orphans and widows, and and then she talks about, how do you even hide assets? And then Crystal asks if Erica knew. She says, no. Crystal says, yeah, you seem like you have a good head on your shoulders. And then Rina's in the background, like, yeah, she's really smart. And I'm thinking, maybe not smart enough. <laughs> I mean, does that mean to me to say? I don't know. You know, I wish the best. I hope I'm not coming down on her too hard. I mean, I I wish the best. I'm just trying to give my opinion here. And of course, I don't want to believe that anyone would bamboozle orphans and widows. So I hope we all know that. That much is true. You know, I hope she's telling the truth uh, on behalf of the world, because I don't want anything to happen to these poor people. Um, but that's just, that's just how I feel. Now, Kyle said in her confessional, she said, Erica knew things were coming out, and that's why she filed for divorce. And I don't even think she meant it as like a smoking gun, but to me it was. It was. Now then, the women talk about this bank account business. Crystal says bank accounts freak her out, and you guys, this was stressing me out. Rena was like, most women don't know about their bank accounts. Meanwhile, Rena's paying the bills over at that wire hanger garage of hers, and so she knows. I was really proud of Rena, but I was worried about these other women. Crystal turns a blind eye. She said, if Rob, if I were to ask Rob, her husband, about. The bank account stuff, he'd be happy to answer me. Because Erica said every time she would press Tom, Tommy 2 about it, that he wouldn't answer. He'd push it away and said, I don't want to talk about it. And Crystal says, well, Rob would want to talk about it. And I'm just like, you guys need to talk about it. Like, everybody needs to sit down. Anyone out there? Ladies, am I right? Anyone out there listening right now, you need to have a conversation with your man, your woman, whoever you're with, your partner. Talk about your finances. You guys, it's dangerous. And pay your taxes. I know we see that happen on these shows a lot, too these housewives, you need to be smart about it. Pay your taxes and sit down with your partner and talk about your bank accounts. It's important. If you're out there and you don't know if somebody else in the household handles it, you need to figure it out. You need to figure it out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you. Then we cut to uh, ren and talking to Delilah and Isle. Again, the hottest man ever. I immediately went to his Instagram account and whew, you guys, like literally that man could do whatever he wants to me. I mean, I was looking at that man, I'm like sweating right now, even saying his name, like just thinking about him, he was so hot. And I mean, the daughter's hot too, so God bless, like those two make a baby, because I mean, the two of them together, honestly, like the hottest couple I've ever seen, but this man Isle, I just was looking at him in this show, and I'm just thinking, wow, man, wow. I mean, the most gorgeous human, I mean, go to his Instagram account, it's like, he never took a picture with a blouse on in his life. It's like every single one on that whole feet of his is just like blouseless aisle, blouseless aisle. I hope I'm saying his name right. I apologize if I'm not. Um, but the fact is, I wasn't really thinking about his name when I was looking at his Instagram account. You know what I mean? I was looking at his, his titties. You know, I'm sorry to say it, but he had the top off. So that's what I was thinking about. Anyway, hottest man ever. That's when Rena reveals that she's got the garage with the wire hangers and she wants to give the daughter the, um, the designer dress. I like the Hollywood story version of Rena. I feel like we don't get enough of that anymore. Rena's got so many great Hollywood stories. And whenever she talks about, like she was telling stories about a red carpet and I just like all that. And I wish we got more old Hollywood stuff out of her because every time she does, I'm really, I love that version of Rena. Or when she's hustling in Hollywood, I'd love to see her getting more jobs. Remember when she first came on the show, she was meeting with the agent. And she's like, you got to get me another job. You know and then she did the diaper commercials. I don't know if you guys ever saw but when the Melrose Place show was rebooted, Rena was on the corner of Melrose with signs say like honk if you want Rena back on Melrose. That's the version of Rena I love the most. If you've never seen those photos, you got to. You got to. I'll try to post them online on social media or something. It's just Rena on the streets with the big ass sign. This was pre-Housewives. Pre Housewives, she was really trying to get on that Melrose Place reboot, which I believe only lasted like three episodes or something. It was really bleak. Ashley Simpson was on it, so of course I watched. You know I love the Simpson sisters, but I'm not sure they belong on the CW on a Melrose Place reboot. Do you know what I'm saying? But they did they did it anyway. And I don't even know if Rinna got on it. Uh, but yeah, she was wearing the diaper and on the corner with the sign, and I love that side of her. Okay, then we cut to Kathy Holland at the dogs. You guys, I'm obsessed.
0: Who is hunky-dory?
1: Who is hunky-dory? I'm obsessed with Kathy howling at the fucking dogs. One of the dogs' names is Sue. Sue. Motherfucking Sue she named the dog. I loved it. I have, like, a an aunt named Sue, you guys. Aunt Sue. Um, And so when Kathy said that uh the dog's name was Sue, all I could think about, she's not my actual aunt, but you know how you have family friends that you call an aunt? I was thinking of Aunt Sue, and she named the dog Sue. I love when dogs have human names. It's so weird, and I love it. Um, anyway, the thing that we already kind of talked about, but Kathy makes these wreaths with dolls, and I love this for her. Now, she said uh, what she would add to it. choose name and different stuff. She said angels, soldiers, teddy bears, uh, fruit, sacks, uh, Fifth Avenue receipts. These are all for the wreaths. Now, I would buy a wreath in a second from Kathy. Uh, you know, I Kathy needs to sell these. I know she doesn't need the money. She's rich as fuck. She could buy all of us. Kathy and Crystal could both buy all of us, most of us listening, they could buy us, okay? And Kathy, the fact that she's making these wreaths, I know she don't need the money, but I'm willing to give her my whole bank account for one of those wreaths with the dolls and a sax receipt on it, because I want that for Christmas. Crystal's my favorite time of year. You guys will love it. I love it. Nothing better than Christmas. Just call me Mr. Christmas, ho, 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 because I love when my tree's up, my lights are on, and some eggnogs in the fridge. You know, I don't drink the eggnog. I think it's disgusting. But I like that time of year is what I'm trying to say. You know, love that time of year. And so when I saw the wreaths, it also feels like on this show, it's Christmas forever. I feel like we've been in Christmas forever. I'm like, we went through like six weeks here because they kept showing us on the screen. It was like December 2nd. And then it was like two weeks later. Like We're really celebrating Christmas for a while. And I'm okay with that. I love Christmas. Uh, anyway, oh, Kyle comes over. She's real depressed. She feels like she's not a good mom. And I think it's really relatable. I like that. She let Portia get the long nails and Kyle said, what am I supposed to do? Like she's sitting at home and I got that. I got that. And at the end of it, so we get all this big, uh, you know, Kyle's getting so vulnerable about her daughter and how she just uh, got over this deadly disease. And now she's stuck in the house with her daughter who's not socializing with friends. friend. Kyle's going through it. And then Kathy responds with, um, at the end of the day, life is a poker game and everyone's got to show their cards. I mean, that was in regards to Erica Jane, I believe, not just Kyle. But you know what? I loved it. And then Kyle responded with that with, Kathy, shut up. Kathy, shut up.
0: Who is hunky-dory?
1: <laughs> you guys are going to get so annoyed with that sound clip. Who is hunky-dory?
0: Who is hunky-dory?
1: I love it. Um, but Kathy, Kyle, just hearing Kyle tell Kathy to shut up. It was so sibling-esque, and I loved it. Then we cut to Sutton and Rena. They talked with Sutton's, uh, Sutton's dog was Waylon, and then the da- daughter... I don't know, I just said that like Teresa Giudice. And the daughter. (laughs) Um, The daughter shows up, Porter. And uh, the daughter's 18, uh, named Porter the daughter. They talk about, I don't know, Erica's... I wasn't even paying attention to this scene, to be honest with you guys. Did you guys fast forward? I did. But the daughter showed up, and they talk. Something happened. Unclear what. Then we have that scene with Erica and Kyle at the park. Now Erica says she's overwhelmed. She keeps saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then... um. You know, Kyle's just saying, it's okay, it's okay. And then Erica was trying to get the tear out. She said, this is hard. I've been, this is hard. I've never been this overwhelmed. I could have never predicted this. And then she sort of wiped her nose, but I didn't see a tear. And then later I did see the tear, so I'm going to give her the credit. Because oftentimes these housewives, they show up on camera. On The Real Houses in New York this week, Leah was trying to pop out a tear at that dinner table, and I didn't see any water. Um, And so this happened again. But then eventually I did see some some liquids coming from Erica Jane's eyes. Um, and Kyle started crying too because she's a pro. She's a pro. You know, it wasn't even about her, but Kyle, you know, she could cry on a dime. That's why she's a good actress. And that's why I'm telling you, somebody needs to hire Kyle Richards for another movie. I know she's got the Halloween coming out and I know most people by and large hate Kyle Richards. I get that. <laughs> As I always come on here and I'm like, I don't mind Kyle Richards. And then you guys DM me and you're like, I fucking hate her. You know, that's what you guys say to me. So I hear you. I hear you loud and clear, but I think she's a great actress and this is her greatest role, but I'd like to see her on a sitcom or something, you know, something else. Um, but so right when Erica starts crying, Kyle's like, that's my cue. I got to cry. And she got out a tear, which was impressive. Then, uh, her voice, Erica Jane's voice got like seven octaves lower at a certain point. I also thought I was watching The Real Housewives of New York. I was like, is that Luann? Because Erica's voice just got real low. She said, it's not cool. I don't know. <laughs> that was not it. But it was. She said something like, you'd be shocked at how quickly people turn on you and distance themselves. I don't know if it was like the tear that was coming out caused her to sound like the cookie monster, a.k.a. Luann de la Sups, but it was happening. Um But she says, you want to know who your friends are? Ask them to bury a body. And then she says she hasn't talked to Tom. Um, She says one of the reasons she filed for divorce is the resistance, because she was trying to tell him um, that he can't see. He needs to go get his eyes checked and can't hear. And this just felt like lies to me, you guys, because I've never heard this before. The only thing I've heard about Tom before is that how he's sharp he is. And even she, I felt like on that one trip, remember when they were on the boat and Erica was talking to Garcelle about Tommy Two-Tone's, She said something oh, he's so good at work. or I don't know. I felt like she was saying he was sharp. Maybe I misheard that or I'm remembering it incorrectly. But I just feel like we've heard how smart and good at his job, and now they're trying to tell us that he can't see or hear and it hasn't been for a while. And I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think they're all lying for the courts. My opinion. I'd be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Um, Which is it, though? Which is it? Does he know it all or does he not know anything because he's got dementia? I'm not sure. But Erica says around the time she was in Chicago and she was patting her puss on Broadway, that's when his views on her apparently changed because he was upset that she was getting her own thing going on. You know, she was on uh, at the Great White Way patting her puss on, uh, in, on the big stage, the Great White Way. She was patting the puss in front of everyone, you know? And that's when Tommy Two-Tones thought, uh-uh, I'm not interested in that. And that's when he got really mean, allegedly. And so, you know, it all comes down to Chicago. You know, and guess what's going to happen on this show? Tom, Tommy Two-Tones, and anyone else involved in the bamboozlement of Orphans and Widows are going to have it coming. He had it coming. He had it coming. There's one thing I remember, other than Queen Latifah's performance as Big Mama Morton. It's that song, He Had It Coming. And all the people who are guilty in this whole alleged crime are going to have it coming. I believe in karma. It all comes back around. So... You know, I'm just telling you, he had it coming. Uh, He had it coming. Remember that. Remember that. It all comes back to Chicago, right? And this is the greatest rule of all, Erica Jane on that stump, talking to Kyle the Splits Richards. That's the greatest performance of it all. Remember that. He had it coming. And maybe she has it coming, too. Maybe she has it coming, too. This podcast, sometimes I'm doing it, I'm like, this is so stupid, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's all so stupid, all of it. You guys know this. Everything we're talking about here is dumb, but I love every second of it. I love you guys. Love that we get to come on here and chat about it. Um. Anyway, what else do we got to talk about? Oh, she said uh, she would go, Um. she said I'd go hug him, but he wouldn't hug me back. And she said there's another life happening she said, the outside saw a lot of support. The inside, there was a lot of conflict, she says, in regards to Tommy 2 And she said it in her confessional, but she couldn't even get the words out. So she's like, I, I'd hug him, but another life happening outside saw a lot of support. Inside, a lot of conflict. You know, like it was, it was sort of broken. Like I didn't know what exactly she was saying. By the way, that impression was like my Patricia from Southern Charm, you know, and my Raquel from Vanderpump Rules. You know, they're all the same. I got a handful of tricks, you guys. <laughs> got a handful of tricks here. Um, anyway, that's the end of the episode. Uh, it's She says at the end, this is the end. It's torture to see someone melt. And then next week, they go to Lakenta. Uh Dorit, by the way, wasn't even in this episode. She had COVID off camera. I was like, what's happening with Dorit? She might as well not even be on this season. Are they paying her? I'm not sure. Unclear. Anyway, uh, next week, I can't wait to find out more. You guys, this week was so good. I loved it. 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 Do you guys know that uh, scene from Jerry Maguire where Renee is like, I love him, Laurel. I do. And I don't care what everyone says. I love him for the man he wants to be. And I love him for the man that he almost is. I love him, Laurel. Okay, so that little monologue I just did was Renee Zellbarger's character from Jerry Maguire. And I can always remember that monologue because it played... Remember back in the late 90s when they would have a song from a movie and they would play this, the clips from the movie in the middle of the song? So back in Jerry Maguire days, which was one of my favorite movies of all time, they had that Secret Garden song by the Bruce by Bruce Springsteen. And when they would play it on the radio, sometimes they'd play that version where you'd hear Renee Zellweger say, I love him, Laurel. I do. And I don't care what anybody says. I love him for the man he wants to be, and I love him for the man that he almost is. So I'll forever be able to do that monologue, you guys. Okay, my voice is cracking. That means I've talked too much. So I'm going to end this by playing you guys a clip from this week's Real Houses of New York. They were in Salem. Luanne was meditating. Um, I want to play a clip, and then I'm just going to get to my chat with Brashawn Shaw, from The Real Houses New York. I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Brashawn. We'll be back next week with the recap of The Real Houses in New York. I apologize, we're skipping the recap this week, because we got Brashawn on, and I'm not a machine. You guys, I can only do so much between the interviews and the recaps. It's a lot for Danny to handle, so um, I'm just playing the interview. And then you guys, on Sunday, Sunday night, late Sunday, Monday, I'll have an interview with someone really special. And we'll also hopefully have a Potomac recap that I got an interview, so stay tuned to the podcast feed. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. If you want any of the merch, go to everythingiconic.store. Also, I just posted a new Sex in the City recap up on the Everything Iconic Patreon, so go there. The links are in the episode description, but it's patreon.com slash everythingiconic. There's a recap of Season 2, Episode 1. I'm having so much fun with the Sex and the City recap, so if you want those, you just got to donate $4 more per month. Okay. With all that said, please enjoy my chat with Prashan Shah from The Real Houses of New York. Love you all. That's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started.
2: Boy, we came home from dinner and we ate. Yeah, you were hungry. We didn't eat that much at dinner because after that conversation... (laughs) Brashawn Shaw, you are a money magnet. Prosperity flows to and through me. I am good enough to be rich and wealthy.
1: Here with the newest cast member on The Real Housewives of New York, Brashawn Shaw. Brashawn, how are you doing today?
2: Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Feeling good. Thank you.
1: This week's episode was intense. How are you feeling?
2: (laughs) I mean, look, it was intense, but it wasn't meant to be negative. It just went out of control. I mean, if you know me, you know I'm vivacious. I'm outgoing. And you know, I call my friends boring and granny all the time. Like, come on, <laughs> grannies, get up. Let's go out. <laughs> come on, let's shake it up. So hey, yikes. <laughs> you said it to the wrong person, right? You
1: know what? You did what had to be done, Brishon. Um, I want to, we'll, we'll get into this week's episode, but I want to back up a little bit. If you could just tell me a little bit about how you got involved in Roni and And you knew Ramona beforehand, is that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I met her out, um, uh, friends going to parties, you know, summer, Hamptons, all of that stuff. And she's a straight shooter and I'm a straight shooter. So we met and we hit it off, right? You meet someone who's lively, who is tell it like it is, no nonsense. And I like that. That's how I am. So, you know, love me or hate me, I'm real.
1: Right, right. And Sonia, you, the two of you, particularly this week, didn't get off on quite the right foot. How do you feel about Sonia now after sort of going through the experience that was early on in your relationship, the episode that aired this week?
2: Yeah, um, I, I really like Sonia now. Like, I really, I think she's funny. I think she's a ball of fresh air. You know, and that, that comment wasn't meant to be negative. It was like, you know, stop being a clown like Sonia. You're a beautiful girl. You're a fun girl. You don't have to be drinking and doing all that. Be who you are, girl. You're funny anyway. You're comical anyway. Stop being and, and like clown is that. See, everyone just took it so personal. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, yeah, ay, 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 you guys, you know, let's just be real. I'm just trying to call it like it is like meaning the drinking the over the top, like just be who you are.
1: Well, you know, as a viewer, I've watched Roni since the beginning, and I love Sonia. She's the most lovable, wonderful human being on the planet. But it is, as a viewer, sometimes also hard to watch the drinking with Sonia when it, when it sort of, like, turns. So I actually think it was great that you called it out, because so many of us at home are, are saying the same things. You know, we, we love her, and we just—she's so fun without the drinking that it's like we want right, to see that. Right, and that's what I'm it.
2: saying. And that's what I wanted. That's my point. Like, you're so lovable and fun without the liquor. So in like going over the top, like, okay, one, two, three drinks, but not, you know, 30 drinks. No, I mean, not 30, but you know what I mean. Ten drinks. So my thing is, you're lovable and fun and exciting and great anyway. So, like, stop being a clown and try. You know, it's like it goes too far. That was my point.
1: I also have questions about the water pill. I don't really quite understand the water pill and what that (laughs) means and everything. But you know what? Maybe we'll get answers one of these days on the water pill.
2: (laughs) The water pill. Yes. Did you watch? Did you watch
1: Roni before uh, joining the cast?
2: I, I did. Yeah, I did. And I liked it. I did. I did. Yes.
1: Okay. So before coming on, what did you think of the women? Did you have like sort of an idea of Luann or Leah or?
2: Yeah, you know, um, you know, I like, you know, if you read on social, you'll be like, oh, God, why would I want to get on this show? Everyone's a nut. But when you meet the women, they're great. They're funny. they you know, Ramona's bold in your face. You know, Sonia's actually real. Sonia's actually real and open and fun. And, you know, Luann, I like she's spiritual. You know, she does all of that stuff and she meditates. She meditates and and um and you know, Leah is downtown and raw. And I love that, that downtown type of stuff. And then you get Ebony. you know, look. Ebony is, has her way of doing things, you know, her agenda in teaching and wanting you to learn. So that's her, All Right. you know? What did,
1: what did you think of that? I mean, we got little tastes of what you, what you've felt about the girls so far. Um, what have you been thinking of this season in particular? Uh,
2: look, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I tell you what I love. I love that Bravo What in diversity. I think it's needed. I think everyone was saying that, right? You're in New York City. You need diversity. I'm sorry. You know, hey, people are like, it needs to be three women, you know, that are ethnic. I mean, it, it's New York. It's full of culture. It's full of people. Um, I think that's good. I think, I think that the show gets better and better. You know, everyone's judging it. I mean, you've seen the comments. Come on, everyone's seen the comments and social and the fans. It will get good. It's better and better and better every episode. I think it was COVID. We had to deal with COVID. We had to deal with a lot, you know, restrictions. So, you know, don't beat us up that bad, you guys. They're beating us up. They're beating Rony up. Well, I mean, I imagine,
1: I I think a lot of fans, Rony's always been our favorite franchise. And, I mean, I imagine how hard it must have been to film during COVID, because something like Beverly Hills, the women have large outdoor spaces. And so on Roni, I, I imagine the filming of it was much more difficult than something like Beverly Hills during the height of COVID. Uh, yeah, you know, because so in I, Bever- I understand.
2: No, you're absolutely right. Beverly Hills, I mean, they have houses, right? In Be- In California, you live in a house. In New York, you live in an apartment, you live in a condo, right? Even if you had a townhouse, Sonya, I mean, it's still small spaces. It's a different living environment. So, you know, you have to go to restaurants with no one in them. <laughs> you do a club scene and it's just, us, you know what I mean? So it's sort of, it's like wah, wah, okay. When you go out, you know, it's only one or two people in it. So it was very hard.
1: You know, I also miss Dorinda and Tinsley. Did you know Dorinda or Tinsley at all? Like, had you ever met any of the uh, former cast members or people who aren't on the show?
2: So, believe it or not, no, I never met them, but believe it or not, I ran into Dorinda on the street yesterday. (laughs) I love that. In New York. And we like hugged. She was like, Brashan. I was like, oh my God, Dorinda. It was great. She was really great when I met her. Yes.
1: I want Dorinda back, Brashan. I miss her. You do? Um, I do. I miss her.
2: What do you miss about Dorinda? Tell me. What do you miss?
1: You know, I always loved Dorinda. And I know last season she had a bad season, but in my opinion, I think like. All of the Housewives. A lot of times, you guys have a good season, then you have a bad season, then you come back and have another good season. It's a roller coaster ride, and that's purposeful, I think, on the show's part. You know, they take us on a ride with with all of the cast members, and so I recognize that maybe she had a bad season, but I figured she would come back this season, and we'd see all those sides of her that we've always loved. And so, you know, I I think she's a good a good. Um, also, I I think she mended um, the group a little bit. Uh, because it was like leah was like the younger crowd and dorinda sort of fell in the middle to me where she was you know i don't know if that makes any sense
2: no no it does make sense i mean look the little i met of her i loved her i thought she was great Uh,
1: prashan have you heard anything about the reunion there's all these crazy reports online about uh ramona's not showing up to the reunions now the reunion's canceled and there's all these crazy reports have you heard anything about that
2: I mean, look, every day, like day, they're like, Ramona's axe, and she's back. Then somebody else's axe. I mean, I think, you know what? Let it play out. I love social. They're going to stir the pot before they even know the real truth, right? I mean, I think, look, enjoy the ride with us. I think it gets better and better. I always say like a good movie. You don't want it, boom, all in your face, everything. But how are they going to keep you there for two hours, right? So you got to just enjoy the ride and be open to the newness of it right you know everyone wants i i think this season just with people i think everyone wanted new i just think you know we we COVID just made i mean every, life is new everything's changed we went through a whole year and a half now people are changed they want different things so i think enjoy the ride
1: yeah what do we have to look forward to the rest of the season can you spill Ooh. anything like i want how are sonia you and her next week it seems like there's a altercation with like a Fire extinguisher or an axe or something. I don't know what the fuck that is. (laughs) Excuse my language.
2: I know. I know. I mean, look, yes. I mean, we do have a little bump in the road, but we get it back on track and and we, we like each other and love each other. I mean, I love it. Look, the girls are crazy, nutty, but fun. And interesting. Like me, I'm crazy, nutty and fun and interesting, right? You know, I'm thankful that the the social media, the fans, they really support me. They're coming out big time. I got to tell you, I didn't think that was going to happen.
1: A lot of people want you to have an apple. Why didn't you get an apple? We feel a lot of fans feel like you should have gotten the mid-season apple.
2: Oh, the mid-season. Well, I don't know. Tweet it. I don't know. They don't do do that much much.
1: anymore. They used to do that. Sonia came in mid-season back in the day, and she got an Apple mid-season. And now I feel like they don't do that as much, but I would love it. I would love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. After doing the whole season, would you want to come back?
2: You know, never say never. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm doing a lot. I got a book deal. I got um, a mental health app uh, that's out uh, that will be launched. Called urawarrior.com, www. the letter u r a warrior, w a r r i o r.com. You know, the warrior coach is my brand, being a warrior and living like a warrior. So, got a lot of stuff t shirts, hats coming out, everything. So, good stuff
1: okay i want to talk a little bit about mental health because you have revealed on the show your your journey with cancer i wonder if you could explain a little bit about what that was like to go through mentally and emotionally
2: mentally i'm a stage four breast cancer survivor and i was given three months to live three i mean think about that having cat scans and pet scans and all of these things that i had to deal with um it wasn't easy it really wasn't easy and It made me realize, wake up and live, get busy living and not dying, right? Because we too much sweat the small stuff. We're always trying to say tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow just may not come. So I live my life for today. So people want to know who Bershawn is? Bershawn is bold. She's open. She's honest. She's real. She's loving. She's giving. And she's a warrior.
1: I want to talk about that dinner table scene. Uh, you had said that Leah, the other women had been talking about Leah, and she asked for an example, and it seemed like you didn't have an example to give, other than, I think you had said Ramona. Uh, was there other things being said that we didn't see on the episode?
2: Well, let's see. Things are going to come up that, that, you know, I love Leah and Ramona. They have a love, hate, love, hate, right? You know what I mean? But in the end, they love. You know, you got to see, you got to wait for it. Some good stuff coming up. Yeah.
1: You're too so it all. much, Bershawn. I want it all right now.
2: I know. Look <laughs> at you. You want it all. I want you to stay engaged. I want you to stay engaged. Yes.
1: What's going on with you and Ebony now? Are you guys good?
2: Yeah. I mean, look, Ebony. You said you that know. your
1: voice just went high. That's a good, that's a tell. Your voice just uh, well, went
2: high. I know, you know. you know, Ebony, You know, we, we, we operate differently and we have a different way of expressing ourselves. And that's not a bad thing. We're just different, you know, I'm, you know, she's standing on the bus, she said, you're open arms, and, you know, and open, and I'm sort of closed until I get to know you, Mm -hmm. right? And so we operate differently. And, you know, I, what she says about Black Lives Matter, I am wholeheartedly for it. But it's how you do it. People learn differently. It's how you talk to them.
1: You know, there, a lot of people are talking about the race discussions on the show. And I actually think the race discussions are great. And I, I feel like the it, the issues for the show aren't the race discussions. I think those are great. I think it's that there aren't other things happening at the same time, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we need them. I think, uh, you know, all the things and I think it's fresh getting to know everyone. I think that's good. and That's fresh, right? Yeah. No matter what people like newness.
1: I reached out to the Everything Iconic Patreon, and they have some questions for you I want to get to really quick. Lauren from Georgia wants to know more about the British banker that you were married to.
2: Oh, okay. Um, no, he was a British banker. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, you know, we got divorced. Unfortunately, we, were, we didn't have the tools. I didn't have the tools then. Now I have the tools as a coach to learn and listen, you know, and not be selfish. So um, unfortunately, it didn't work out.
1: Okay, Lisa uh, Bigness wants to know, um, was Ramona being calculated uh, bringing you on the show? I'm not exactly sure what she means by that.
2: Um, I don't know if calculated. I mean, I think people get, I think they're throwing Ramona under the bus. I think, I, I said it before, I don't think she's racist. I think she's lived in her bubble. I think this, it was her own world. I don't think it's that, oh, I hate black people.
1: Okay, Matt wants to know uh, who was your favorite uh, past Real Housewife when you were watching the show. Is there someone that you love that you would like to come back if you were back
2: next season? I did like Bethany. <laughs> I, I, I like Bethany. I would like to, see and Bethany I like Durinda, back too. I, I did like Dorinda and Bethany. You know what? It's God. I like I like Jill too. I like I like to, all of them for different reasons. You know,
1: right. Bershon, before I let you go, there's two questions I ask all of my guests. The first is your favorite Mariah Carey song. And the second is, who would you choose for Sexiest Man Alive if you were choosing for People Magazine?
2: Oh, my God. Favorite Mariah Carey song. I, I love think her. her. Her Christmas song. That um, yeah. I love that. I mean, I play it all the time, the Christmas song. Yes, I play it all the time. And Sexiest Man Alive, Tyson Beckford. I still think he's oh. hot. I'm sorry.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, Remember okay. Tyson in the in the Tony Braxton Unbreak My Heart video or Yes! I mean, come
2: honestly. on. They haven't they still haven't talked to him yet. Yes.
1: Vershawn, is there anything you want to clear up about this season? Anything that's happened or that's coming up?
2: Uh, Good. No, no, it's no clear up because I don't live life with regrets. Just just enjoy the ride. Right. And and don't judge. Like, just look. So, you know, I'm a life coach. I tell it like it is. I'm authentic. I'm real. You know, I I, I yell. I curse. But in the end i'm human i want people to know i'm human i don't want them to think i'm gandhi or kumbaya and don't say anything and can't talk as a life coach you can and, and as a business coach it's what you do we're human right you, you couldn't i couldn't teach you if i didn't go through the failures and the mistakes and all of that stuff so just enjoy the ride i'm fun i'm outgoing. i'm vivacious i'm live i'm living my best life and i'm unapologetic about it
1: she's fun everyone uh Prashan, where can people find you on social media
2: Um, at Bershawn Shaw B-E-R-S-H-A-N S-H-A-W on Twitter, on Instagram on LinkedIn, on Facebook, everywhere Bershawn Shaw
1: Bershawn, thank you so much and have a, a great rest of the season
2: Thank you, bye bye
1: I want to thank you guys for listening for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to Acast.com slash Everything Iconic. We love Acast. Again, Acast.com slash Everything Iconic. Thank you all for listening. Bye-bye.